Welcome to the SBS Digital Learning Hour, brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. We're coming to you today from home office, bringing you the latest news in public schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using the classroom. I'm your host, Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy. You can find me out on all the social medias at Bearded Tech Ed and my personal website, beardedtechedguy.com, along with my SPS for our latest blogs. I'm excited to be joining you today as we're going to be talking about the Digital Learning Playbook, Module 2. But before we get into that, just a couple of notes to note for you. One, you should have gotten an email in the last week or two all about GCN and how it's being replaced. You should be able to find all the information you need for that out on TeachPoint. So make sure you sign up. It's a yearly course that you have to do all about the ethics and blood work and how to do things in the classroom in regards to safety. Make sure you check those out. Along with the blog posts that we have been posting, the first one that went out recently was all about PowerPoint and the joys of it. Another one will be coming all about Microsoft Edge, so keep your eye out on that. As we jump into this week's episode, normally it's a time for an interview. We've got a great one for you, the next podcast episode with Arturo de Bourbon and his journey education. But before we do that, we like to sprinkle these in every now and again, which is we're actually talking about a specific topic or a book that we're reading, and in this case, a book that we're reading called The Digital Learning Playbook. And we're looking at Module 2, which is the first days of school. Now, like I said in my pre-episode on the first module, we're going through it. I'm giving you my reactions, my thoughts about the chapter, how I think it can help us in teaching, not just person, but also in this remote world. And so I am excited to bring you this section because it brought up a lot of nostalgia, and you'll see why in just a So in this module, too, first days of school, one of the things that really kind of stuck out with me is I felt like they condensed what was a very large book when I first started teaching. And every time I started at a new school, I always got a copy of this book called The First Days of School. I felt like this chapter was kind of a summation of that book and how to apply it to teaching remotely. I can think back to every year that I've started when I started teaching. I would sometimes buy new clothes, but I would almost always buy new shoes because that's how I could tell when my shoes were worn out because of all the walking around and doing laps in the classroom that we all do as teachers. For me, it was always a new pair of shoes. And this book made me very nostalgic for that time. Not because I don't remember when the last time I bought shoes was. This chapter or this module really gets into setting up your classroom for those first days of schools. And if you remember that time, that was a, the, those days in person, that's when your routines, your norms, your procedures, your teaching philosophy, your goals for the year, all of that is kind of set up during that time. You make sure your room is laid out just right. Maybe this is the year you take that chance and you get rid of desks and you use tables and chairs instead of individual desks to really force students to work together, which by the way, if you ever do have the opportunity to do that, you should definitely do it. I found that collaboration happened a lot more that way. Yeah, it was a little hard to manage, especially during test time, but that's what those cardboard dividers are for. And so I really felt like in this whole module, 
it really was kind of like a going back to normal, normalcy, I guess would be the best way to put it. The intentions in this chapter were to learn about classroom norms, routines, procedures, and how to make them useful in distant learning, and how to create virtual and distant learning environments. Classroom environment was probably one of the first things to go when we really got into having to teach remotely back in April, May. And for many of us, we didn't know where to start, we didn't know what to do, or how to set it up. Um, in our district, we're lucky enough to have a great LMS that we've done lots of training on. And once we were remote, we did a lot more training on. Uh, so that's teachers got used to being able to use it and being able to set it up. And so in thinking about those things that we learned during that time and really was a time of experimentation and applying it to the new school year, one of the things that definitely stands out in reflection is how classroom norms, routines, and procedures were kind of pushed to the side because it was a we're going to do whatever it takes kind of mentality, which was good for that time. But as you and I both know, students thrive on routine and being able to know what's coming. And that is something that I really took out of this chapter a lot. What is our motto for the year? I remember one year I used an acronym with RUN, and it's totally escaping me now. Most years I started by watching a part of the last lecture from Dr. Randy Pausch and like using his brick wall analogy to talk about what we're going to do this year, which is breaking through students' brick walls and helping them achieve closer to the goals that they're looking to do in their lives. And so thinking about the beginning of the school year and how those things work, I know we're into February now as you're listening to this. So maybe you can try to implement some of these things now. Maybe you've seen areas in your class where you wish you had started off doing things differently. Well, I'm here to tell you, students are adaptable. And if you want to make a change, you go and make that change. So what are we going to jump into talking about here? Well, the first is developing an idea of your classroom management plan for distance learning. I think what's really important and what they really point out in here is something that always gets forgotten is that classroom management is not about behavior. That is behavior management. Classroom management encompasses the basic things that we do in class. Like in person, we would have a hand signal for going to the bathroom or a hand signal for sharpening our pencil. We don't need those particular things when we're digital, but we do need to have some things laid out that are Part of procedure. Like one of the things I might think about including is using the restroom before the synchronous time starts because I don't want to miss anything. So maybe I would try to work that in there as part of the routine and procedures within the classroom. Another thing I would think about, and I, they do talk about it in here too, is the idea of the camera. Now, for all of us, we want to see what our students are doing, and so we want that camera on, but we also have to be cognizant of everyone's life. I know one of the things that they talk about is that students who wear hijabs, when they're home, they don't have to wear them, but being on a camera, they might have to wear them. And then there's also, they talked about, like, what about school uniforms? In Springfield, we have a uniform policy. Now, for me, 
doing this remotely, I probably wouldn't enforce that strict of a policy. I would say you need to not be in pajamas. That might be part of mine. But for each teacher, it's their own. And ultimately, what it comes down to is you need to be able to communicate simply with them about what your expectations are for the procedures, for your routines in the classroom during that synchronous time, and then what it looks like when you are not together and you're in that asynchronous time. Another thing that they really key in on here is the teaching philosophy. And I know that we all have these hopes and dream plans that we do at the beginning of the year. And like I was talking about my brick wall part, like we have all these things that we normally do when we're in person. How can we apply those to being remote? And um, one teacher in the book, they talk about having something simple for their young elementary class, being like, in this class, we are kind to one another and having that posted and repeated. And that's the other thing with a lot of these things is there's usually some sort of agreement that happens. And so in some ways, starting classes off, maybe going over like the philosophy part and having that as a time where everybody repeats it together, that could be good. That could be something that you can do. You want to make sure that you're being proactive in your class because the moment things start to slip away, they start to slip away and you've got students who are playing Xbox while having the class on. Or it's like that funny commercial where the, you can't see what I'm doing, I'm like moving my hands around right now, but they have the cardboard cut out of themselves in front of the camera while they're sitting back napping or like eating pretzels or whatever it is. I can't remember what the commercial is for, but they use that time and they have their camera up and blocked. So you're wanting to think about and think through all of these things. And maybe this time in February, it's a good time to reevaluate and say, you know what's working, these things, and what's not, these things, let's figure out how we can fix the things that are not working. I feel like even though this is the beginning of the year module in the book, it could be a very good opportunity for anyone to go in and kind of adjust their classroom. We're always making adjustments. It happens. And as we are talking about classroom norms, I think one of the things that's really important to happen that happens during this time is that whether you do or do not set norms, they will happen. And those interactions will happen. Whether you have it be what you want it to be, or it just kind of naturally progresses. So I think it's really important that you establish those things. This chapter, this module, has a really good example of some norms. I'm just going to share a couple with you. Be open to spend the time it takes to learn. Be adaptable to your learning and the learning of others. Embrace that learning is food for the mind. Create safe space. Transform learning into action. Understand that learning is a process that requires patience with self and others. I can't tell you, especially with that last one, how often that I have to have that thought in my mind when I'm in meetings all day on Zoom and when I'm interacting with people that everyone learns at a different speed. We know this in person, but we tend to forget that when we're in front of a camera and we just like, well, you just click on the right thing. And you realize that you have to have that kind of patience as a teacher and that your students also need that patience too. And so what they suggest is setting up three to five positive statements that all students agree to observe. 
And then once those things are agreed upon in person, this is where we normally have it posted on the wall. Everyone would sign it. You'd have the one student who signs it very, very tiny and another student who takes up two thirds of the chart paper on the bottom with their signature. Everybody signs and agrees to it. And so in thinking about how to do this digitally, you could take that agreement, post it into a PowerPoint and have students use their fingers if they have touch screen or their mouse if they don't and sign their name to it. And then at the beginning of every class, it's one of the slides that you run through if you're using PowerPoint or Nearpod or something like that, where they see what they are have already agreed to. And I think that'll help continue to create that positive environment that we are all hoping for during this time. The next section, after getting through the norms in this module, is identifying expectations for synchronous distance learning. We kind of touched upon that at the very beginning with the idea that for some students, having the camera on might not be the right thing. For others, one of the things, expectations I would have would be no pajamas during the lesson, that you need to be awake and a part of it. Um, so you need to really think about your students and what kind of expectations are appropriate for them. What are the things they need to do before class, after class? during class. They do have a nice little chart here of some examples if nothing is really coming to mind. Like getting ready for class, make sure you've completed the pre-class preparation activity so you'll be ready to learn. Think about the goals for today. What do you want to achieve? Work with your family to find a quiet space that won't disturb other people in your house and won't distract you from learning. Prepare your learning space. This one's important. I know we talked about it in the previous module talk, but making sure you have a, a dedicated workspace that you can get up and leave afterwards. I think that is really key to having a successful time, whether that is for a student or a teacher. Make sure your lighting is good. I can't tell you how many times I've either been in Zoom meetings where the light that I have is not good or the light that they have is not good, and all you see is a black silhouette of a person because of the way that they have their lighting, so you can't really see them at all when their camera is on. And during meetings, make sure you're asking clarifying questions, listen carefully. One of the things that I think is good that you can use, especially if you're using Zoom, is having the reaction buttons. So a lot of times there's this hand signal that we would do in class when you are agreeing with another student with their point. Like, you can't really make that, but you can do a thumb up in Zoom. You can also use poll questions as a teacher to check for understandings along the way. It, when students have questions, have them use the hand raising button. So a little hand goes up on their screen and it stays up until they push it down. And as a teacher, especially, turn your email off when you are in meetings and you're working with students because nobody needs to know that you've got five messages that have come in during your time. And at the close, make sure that you review the goals for today. Make sure students understand what is helps them. Make sure students understand what will help them be successful in their learning today. And make sure that they know when and where the next meeting is happening. So there's a lot of good things in here for you to think about. And a lot of these really come down to answering the question, how will your students learn when you are with them? And really thinking about that and developing that through. 
in the next particular section of the first mod, second module here, in the second module, the next thing that we're talking about is develop and teach organizational and procedural routines. One of the things that I think is hugely important during this time, because it's very easy to forget, is use the calendar. You guys, as teachers, we have calendars in our learning management systems. If you decided that and you're in another district and you're listening to this and you're using a website, create a web page with the calendar on it with the expectations of this is what we're doing on these days so students know their schedule. I know in the classroom I used to keep up on the side of the board any upcoming assignments, any upcoming projects, any upcoming tests. All of that was kept on one side of the board along with the objectives for that day. You still need to do those things. And I think as teachers, I know for me, I would do a monthly planning where I'd try to plan out the unit of study so I can connect everything together. And then I'd do my weekly plans with the specific standards that we're covering. And then I would post daily what those standards are. You can still do that post daily part. But the other thing you can do, because you're using the learning management system, is that you can actually have those already up on the calendar as you're creating it. And if you need to shift things around, move them down. So I think use, this is a great use case for the learning management system, an LMS. So for us, it is Schoology or Unified Classroom, depending on your grade. But having that built in, I know another thing that I would always do during this time in the first couple of weeks of school was like what transitions look like and what they're supposed to look like, how you're supposed to line up. Well, when we're remote like this, we're not actually lining up. You don't have to line up and walk the students to gym class or walk the students to art, depending on your building, if you had an art room or if the art teacher came to you. Like you don't have to do those things, but you do need to have some sort of transition for those students when they go to those subjects. So maybe a countdown on the screen or a timer to the end of class. Those might be some good ways to let students know that, hey, I, we are shifting gears in just a moment. Also, by using the learning management system, you can show them where discussions will happen, where assignments are, and keeping those things organized. It helps give them an organizational structure. But one of the things that I always found very hard when I was teaching to do was making sure students were labeling things correctly. I don't know about you, but when I was teaching, and I'd have students who didn't follow these directions, inside of their OneDrive, they would have document one, document two, document three, document four, document five, six, document 20. They could never get the actual saving with a name right, even though we taught it many times. I think that's really important, especially during this time of year. If your learning management system does not have the ability for you to hand out assignments with it already having a pre-populated name on it, then you need to really teach the students how to do it. They can't just call their document their name. Like in the book, they use the name Melissa Smith. You can't call it Melissa Smith. You just can't. We need to know what it is. So by making sure that you set up proper naming strategies and you practice them over and over again, I think that will really help with your organization of the year. And with that organization comes using the learning management system and laying it out. One of the things I know when we did trainings for Schoology for the K-5 teachers, we showed off a lot of possibilities 
But I know that anytime I did a training, I always wanted teachers to come back to what makes sense for you. For me personally, a Bitmoji classroom was a bit too much. Like what I did there? Bit? Was a bit too much. I would have kept simple folders, a nice background, and keeping it organized that way. For some teachers in their classes, maybe that Bitmoji classroom is more comfortable for them to use. You, It's up to you on how you set your classroom up. Just like when you're in person, if you want the rug over on the left-hand side versus the right-hand side, if you are lucky enough and you have a smart board that is set up center, then you're kind of stuck. But if you were on a projector that you had on a cart that you could move around the room, Move it around the room and figure out what your setup is. When it comes to online learning, make sure that whatever you're doing is easy to follow. Other than that, you make it your own. You design that space. And one of the things when it does talk about designing spaces is what is your background? Like, are you using the background of your house? Lately, I've been using backgrounds from the TV show community because I think it's hilarious. Some people get it. Some people are like, I don't know what's going on. But you know what? That's my space. And so we want to make sure that whatever you're using as a background makes sense and is not distracting from the students. Community background might be distracting to the students. Having your background be the planet Hoth from Star Wars? Maybe. Maybe not. Having your background be a generic color? Maybe not distracting, but super boring to look at. Maybe your background is just what's behind you. As long as what's behind you is not distracting, that's great. They wrap up this module by talking about the first days of school. And it really, again, to me, this whole section, this whole module really harkened back to that book, The First Days of School, and setting up the routine procedures that you want in your classroom. And as you're preparing for that year, you have to think about, how am I going to greet students? How is the space personalized? Making sure you pronounce students' names correctly. I failed at that miserably many times, but I tried. I really tried my best. So you want to think about making that first day as inviting as possible. Here is the big thing that I took away from this. If you are a teacher and you've been teaching for some time, you know how to do all of these things. You know what is important to getting that school year underway. And what I've taken away from a lot of interviews with teachers that I've done for the podcast is that as teachers, you know what it looks like to be a good teacher. You know what it takes. And we're all capable of it. So as you start to self-doubt yourself, think back to in-person what you want to do. And if you've never taught before and this is your first year, this is a super difficult year to be joining the, our teaching profession, but you have it in you too. This module really helps lay out those first days of school. I hope that if you're following along in the book, you're taking notes. I hope you really can apply a lot of what we're talking about here. And of course, I want to end on some positives and this book and this module does end on some positive statements. and. If you need to be Stuart Smalley and stand in front of a mirror and say these things, then absolutely do that if that's what's going to help you get over that hump. I can establish norms for my students. I can develop class agreements. I can identify synchronous distance learning classroom expectations. That one's a little bit of a mouthful. 
I can teach organizational and procedural routines. I can evaluate websites to determine if they are considerate for my students. And I know my students' names and interests. You can do all those things and say those things confidently. You are doing a great job. I just want to continue to encourage you in that. And that wraps up module two. They do have a lot of handouts and a lot of things that you can write down in. I'm including those links in the show notes so that if you don't have the book, you can at least get to those resources. If you have not gotten the book, I highly encourage you to go out there and do it. You can get it on Amazon. You can go Google it. I unfortunately don't get any money if you buy it from any one particular place, so I don't care where you buy it from. But I do care if you buy it digitally or not. I am not a big fan of the Kindle version. That was the version that I bought at first. And it was looking like I was reading screenshots. That in mind, we'll take you out through the rest of this episode. So thanks for joining us today and talking about module two. When we do come back to this, module three is all about teacher-student relationships from a distance. And every time I say from a distance, it makes me want to sing. So hopefully when we do this episode, I'm not singing to you because quite frankly, you would never listen to me again. So we'll talk about that during that time. If you liked and enjoyed this episode, please make sure you go out into all your favorite podcast sites and review us, leave us a rating. Let us know that you're following us. If you've got something you want to add to it or something that you pulled out of it that I didn't pull out of it, then feel free to message that in the chat in Yammer or send me an email or post in the comments on the blog when this gets posted out there that this episode's available. So again, thank you for your time. I'm Mike Thomas, Bearded Tech Ed Guy, and this is the SPS Digital Learning Hour. This show is written, directed, and opinions of Mike Thomas from Digital Learning and Assessments at Springfield Public Schools. Music is provided by Risen over on SoundCloud. Check them out. Look in our show notes for all the information.